So our scripture for this morning is 2 Kings 7, 3 through 9. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say, we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents and ate and drank. Then they took silver, gold and clothes and went off and hid them. They entered, or excuse me, they returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. Then they said to each other, what we're doing is not right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. That's 2 Kings 7, 3 through 9. May the Lord bless our understanding of this scripture. Amen. Joel, I really appreciate your serving as our liturgist for the day. I also want to ask you all to pray for Lenitra. Who, is, um, who leads us in our children's ministry, Lenitra, contracted COVID, as is not uncommon these days, and is at home recuperating from COVID. So let's keep her in our prayers. Let's also keep others in our prayers who might be sick or who may be in need of prayer this morning. And as a matter of fact, before I begin to preach, I want to offer a pastoral prayer for you and for those in, uh, who are joining us via live stream, for your family members, uh, and also for our nation. Let us pray. Eternal God, I give you thanks for this day. I thank you for your blessing. I thank you for the sound of children that are here here in our midst this morning, the joy that they bring to our hearts and for them being in this place where the, your spirit abides, Lord. I thank you for our family members who are with us today, for our visitors, and I thank you for the ministry that has gone on before. I pray that you would bless your people here, that you would touch those who are sick at this time. Bless Lenitra, dear God. Send healing and strength to her body. Bless others who are sick right now, God. I pray that by your gentle hand you would touch them and bring healing. I pray that you would look on not only the sick, but I pray that you would look on those of us who are in need of prayer for other reasons yet unspoken. Meet our needs, God, according to your riches in glory. You told us and through your word that the cattle on a thousand hills belongs to you. And so, dear God, provide for your people. Bless us with thy grace, with thy spirit, and with thy care. Send to us, dear God, during these days your wisdom so that we might do your will for such a time as this. Now, God, I pray that thou mightest touch me in this hour, that you would anoint me to say that which will be a blessing to your people, 
which will open up their understanding, which will strengthen them and motivate them and encourage them, God, and cause them, dear God, to seek your face and to live for thee. This is my prayer in the name of thy blessed son, Jesus the Christ. Amen. I thank you for being here today. I thank each visitor. I see new faces, people who probably are not new, but new to me. So I'm thankful for your presence here today. We're preparing this week to go into uh, Lent season, which uh, we were uh, um, uh, notified about and told about by Rachel. And I thank you, Rachel, for your leadership this morning. Uh, Lent season is a time of penitence. It is a time of self-reflection. It is a time for us to be aware of our humanity, to be aware of our imperfections, and to be aware of the God who loves us despite our imperfections because God made us, God created us, and God knows us. It's also a time for us to reflect upon what Christ has done for us uh, through his uh, through his own giving of his life so that we might be redeemed from sin. Now, sin seems to be an ugly word these days, but it is a truthful word, yet still there are many ways to commit sin. I'm not going to go down and check off every one. We know when I, I pray that God will touch your heart and through this Lent season help you to understand what ways you could strengthen and you could be in better relationship with the God of us all. This is Lent. Our text for today deals with uh, a people before the time of Jesus the Christ. It deals with, it, it offers for us the story of four men who were afflicted with a disease called leprosy. Leprosy was a horrible disease in the time of the story that was, uh, of the scriptures that was read in your hear hearing. For those of you that don't know, leprosy affects the body with skin lesions, lesions that can cover the entire body. Nowadays, leprosy can be cured if it is caught in time. If it is not caught in time, it can lead to disabilities, including loss of limbs and loss of sen sensation within the body. In accordance with Mosaic law at the time, priests would declare lepers unclean, and the lepers were removed from within the city. They were not allowed to have social contact. In fact, these lepers, if you think of it in today's time, they were really ostracized. They were set outside the city. They could not have contact. They were considered unclean. And once they were excluded from the city, the lepers would wear mourning, clothes, clothes of mourning, and they would walk about the city disheveled, and they would cry out, unclean, unclean. And that was their way to let everyone know that they were they were required to avoid contact with them for fear of being defiled. Now, as long as this disease lasted, the lepers were required to live outside the city. More than anything else, leprosy was associated with a kind of death. Therefore, the afflicted one, the leper, was looked upon as dead among the living, their life their very existence was considered tragic. If I think about 
our time. There are some who are placed not outside the city, but we still have as a people, as humanity, we still go about ostracizing people. We still go about putting people outside the camp, uh, not wanting people to be allowed inside the camp. The church is a great example of how we ostracize people. There are people who we feel are not worthy of being in church unless they're getting saved, okay? They're looked upon. You know, we, the church has, um, I, I will say this as a, as a clergy person, unfortunately, the church has an ugly history of ostracizing the people that God created. The church has an ugly history of telling people that they are not good enough to be within the walls of the church unless they are getting saved, unless they are meeting particular um, um, elements and variables according to standards that human beings like me and others put into place. Of course, they're told that they're persons of sacred worth. Of course, they're told that we really want you here, but really, they want you here in a certain way. And I'm glad to be in a church where everyone is free to come and free to worship and free to be the people that God called them to be. These lepers' lives were lives of tragedy because they had no advocates for them at that time. It's interesting to me that tragedy always occurs against a, a backdrop of an ever-changing world. All kinds of things were happening around the lepers and yet they were looking at the tragedy of their lives. And I will tell you from the story, the first thing that I gleaned from the text today is that no matter the circumstance of the lepers, tragedy was taking place. There was a famine in the land. Tragedy does not stop change, though. Tragedy does not stop change. The crisis in our lives do not stop change. I've, through this year, I've gone through, and maybe you have, I've gone through some crisis. I've gone through some hard times. And I admit, when I'm going through hard times, I want the whole world to stop. I want everyone to acknowledge that Lightsey is going through hard times. I want everything to be placed on hold because Lightsey is going through hard times. But guess what? The job kept being the job. People kept getting on public transportation and going to work. Phone calls kept being made. News kept taking place. Tragedy, unfortunately, though we want the world to stop, tragedy does not stop change. Life goes on. It goes on with or without us, unfortunately. And this is why I think there are other lessons that we can glean from our text that will help us during these days when the legislative decisions of our time, remember, this month we're talking about reproductive justice. So I think there are lessons from this text uh, that can help us to think about what is our place and what is our responsibility when legislations are coming forward in our land and they're attacking the rights of people, of citizens like you and me. Legislative um, 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 uh, rules and laws that are attacking and trying to suppress the right to vote, 
trying to attack LGBTQ rights, trying to attack reproductive freedoms. The lepers were sitting at a, at a time when change was occurring all around them. And there are times, I tell you, when we're sitting, when change is occurring all around us. Mighty Syria had invaded and held the government of Israel's capital city, Samaria, uh, in its grasp. At the same time that King Benadad invaded Samaria, there was a famine and there was an economic chaos that was going on. The lepers were sitting outside the city when there was famine in the land. So imagine this, if you will. The price of food was beyond what people really could, really did have the means to acquire. We face some of the, that even in our time, food and gas prices on the rise. And the lepers at the time of the famine were not only having to deal with their illness, they had to deal with the fact that they were isolated from the population and they had no food. So they were in a particularly desperate situation as they sat outside the city, as they were forbidden to enter the city. They were waiting for the tragedy called death. And let me say this. Never give up on yourself. Never give up on yourself in the midst of tragedy. Never call it quits in the midst of tragedy. I, I want to drive this home because crisis will occur in our lives. Hard times will occur in our lives. And I really want to encourage you to never, ever give up during the hard times. And the story really helps us to understand that even in the worst of times, God is moving and God is doing new things even in the hardest of times. Let me say this. The late Mark, this is, this is Black History Month, so I, I really, really want to remind us of some black history moments as well. So tragedy, African-American people understand tragedy. We've understood crisis for quite some, some time. And this nation has not always been good to black people, okay? And we have, as a people, been seen as lepers by this country. The late Martin Luther King said one time, and he was talking about tragedy. He was saying one of the greatest liabilities is that all too many people find themselves living amidst a great period of social change and yet they fail to develop the new attitude, the new mental responses that the new situation demands. They end up sleeping through a revolution. Don't sleep through the revolution, my friends. Don't sleep through the point in your life when God is trying to bring change. Don't sleep. Don't give up on yourselves. The three lepers were sitting outside the city and they were almost sleeping through a revolution. 
They had almost failed to develop the new mental acuity, the new mental attitude against famine that would threaten their very lives. Don't sleep through a revolution. These lepers at that time had not shifted into the necessary mental responses to deal with the threat to their lives. And I'm afraid that we in America are in danger of sleeping through a revolution. I'm afraid that we're in danger of seeing the threats to our country, but we're not really taking them seriously. Christian nationalism is on the rise. How in the world does a, a major group of people go and take over the United States Capitol and still are walking about? Still are in jobs, major jobs in our country, and we are not it is not being taken seriously by our Department of Justice, or at least not with the not with the speed at which so many of us desire. And yes, it's true. This is Black History Month. If that were a BLM protest at our nation's capital, it would have been taken care of many, many months ago. I'm afraid that we're sleeping through a revolution. I'm afraid that we are not as committed as we ought be to doing the good work that John Lewis, John Lewis really encouraged us to do. The lepers were sleeping through a crisis situation until one of them caught hold to the, wheel of, to the winds of change and said, hmm, why should we sit here? until we die. Have you ever gone through something and all of a sudden it occurred to you, look, I don't have to be this way. I don't have to go through this. I don't have to, this, this doesn't have to keep attacking me. This problem doesn't have to be a mainstay in my life. Why am I just sitting here and doing nothing and letting this overtake me? There is a way in which we allow the crisis of life just overtake us. But the leper said, one of the lepers said, why should we sit here until we die? And my friends, that's the word for us today. We don't have to sit down in the midst of crisis. We don't have to be overtaken in the midst of a famine. We don't have to be overcome. Why sit we here until we die? What can we do about it? What can we do about it? We can rise up. And this is why I like the words of David. David said, yea, though I walk through what? The valley of the shadow of death. Thou art what? With me. And when the lepers got up and went into the city, they found out something. That God had already fixed it. There was food there. The, the enemy army had already left. They left the camp. There was plenty of food. Not only was there food in the camp, but there was riches in the camp. They had been sitting, look, they had been literally sitting outside the city, outside the camp, while God had made a way for them. Sometimes we're sit, sitting down. Sometimes we've given up. 
And the Spirit of God has already gone in and interceded for us. The Spirit of God has already gone in and made a way for us. And it's up to us to rise up and to embrace the work and to embrace the blessing that God has already given us. Because it is true. God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never leave you nor forsake you. Does that mean that hard times won't come? No, that doesn't mean that. The word of God says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It didn't say that there would not be a weapon formed against you. It says that no weapon formed against me shall what? Shall prosper. But it's up to us. It's up to us to get up and to receive the blessings that God has already prepared for us. Finally, my friends, getting up was risk-taking. The lepers took a risk when they got up and went into the city, went into the city when they had already been deemed unclean. And this is what I want you to hold on to. Don't let anyone, don't let anyone give you a front row seat in hell. Don't let anyone declare that you are unclean when God has said that you are a person of worth, when God has looked at your life and called you good. Now, does that mean you won't be met with some opposition? They took a risk. Does that mean that everything will be fine? They took a risk. Sometimes we have to take risk in order to receive the blessings that God has for us. Are you willing to take a risk? Are you willing to get up and move in the direction that people say you shouldn't be? Oh, my God. If I had a dollar for all the places and all the things that people said I couldn't do, I shouldn't do, and where I shouldn't be at, I think I would be, I would be well off. My bank account would be well off. We have to be willing to take a risk to follow where God is leading us and to set aside all the naysayers who tell you what you can't do, how you cannot do it, how it's not, it's not yours to do. Go where God is leading you, my friends. Go where God leads. And the good news in the text is that God prepares a way for God's people. Are you willing to take a risk today? Are you willing to step out on faith? Are you willing to go where people say, yeah, you don't have the skills for it? I promise you, if God is leading you, God will prepare you. May it be so. Amen.